You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This edition of It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, your partner for global wealth creation. It's Tuesday, so it's time for It's My Money with Brenthurst Wealth. And this week I'm speaking to Sonia Duplessis from Brenthurst Wealth. And Sonia, you kindly sent me a piece which says the following. Many individuals avoid investing in the stock market or in savings products because they are not familiar with it or do not understand how it works. In fact, you say, many people keep their savings in cash, but with interest rates at historically low levels, that choice can only be a costly one. Uh, so, in other words, what you're saying is with interest rates at well, around the world uh, zero and in South Africa at historically low levels, you should be looking for risk elsewhere, Sonia. Yes. Um, hello, Lindsay, and hello to your listeners. Thank you. Yeah, I think, Lindsay, today's discussion is, you know, it's just a very general discussion to give the the man on the street some some tips or guidelines on what to do with cash on hand. The general rule of thumb before you start investing is to settle your bad debt. Um, And, you know, that's something like, you know, so before you start even thinking about investing any money in in the stock market or putting it away in money market, you have to settle your credit card. You have to settle your short-term loans. Then you move over to your to, to, to the next pot of money that's saving for your retirement. And, you know, if you've got that, set up or if you've got a debit order going towards your retirement and you've got extra spare cash then we get to what we are discussing now and that's you know you know your normal easy investment options just before you go on sonia so what you do is you sit down and you say how much money have i got how much debt have i got and you say to yourself the first thing is have a look at the ones that charge me the most interest and of course the credit card is the first thing that you do so if you can just get rid of the credit card debt don't get rid of the credit card but pay it off every month if you can because it's a useful tool Uh, but you have to look at the interest rates and i think if many people looked at the interest rates that they were being charged by credit card companies, they'd be quite astonished by by the amount of money they pay every month. Yeah, no, absolutely, Lindsay. And you you have to settle credit card debt. It is a a very nice tool um, to manage your expenses on from a month-to-month basis. But but, um, there's absolutely no use in investing money, but you still do have a credit card. So rather settle credit card debt um, and and high interest bearing um, loans that you've got. Yes. Th- that would be the first first thing. And then you have to look at alternative options on what do you do with your extra cash or your money. And like you mentioned, money markets around the world is yielding very, very low interest rates. In South Africa, you're lucky if you get anything between three and a half and four percent, which is which is very very low for you know a developing country, and you have to look somewhere else to park your money where you would get proper growth that will beat inflation at the end of the day. So um, n- never a bad idea to have some money in cash, but that would really be very short term money, money that you might want to use end of the year to go on holiday. Um, so, so have a little bit in cash, but not much, and then look at the alternatives. So the alternatives are government bonds. 
Well, let's have a look at government bonds before you go on, because yes. government bonds, I mean, bonds in general are an asset class that many people don't understand. But you say the following. In times of market uncertainty, bonds can in, can shelter investors from losses and market pullbacks uh, as they behave differently to the equity market. In other words, they're a sort of a safe haven. There's two yes. points I want yeah. to make here. Number one is that about $17 trillion worth of government bonds worldwide are yielding negative yields. In other words, you have to pay the, the, the bondholder mm. in order to have these things, but not the case in South Africa. South African no, bonds no. have this incredible yield. So tell me more about the, yeah. the case for the South African bond. Yes, yeah. So South African bonds are in a very unique situation where we we're getting a good proper yield, and at the at this moment it's equating to inflation plus four percent. So you can get a, I almost want to say a seven, eight, nine percent yield on a government bond, and um, you know, and and not take on that much risk. So it's it's not as safe as cash, where you almost have a built-in guarantee. But it is very, very safe. It is very safe. Yes. And, you know, someone with a low tolerance towards risk would fit um, the profile very nicely to, to invest in government bonds. Um, and, you know, someone that is maybe saving money that you want to use in in a year or two's time. If you, if you want to buy a house um, or if you... Um, if you know that you, you're only going to use it in two years' time, government bonds are a you know, good parking spot for it. If you look at the statistics the last five years, government bonds did much better than our equity market. So it's been a, it's been a brilliant place to invest money. And also going forward, we, as adventurers, we're very pro-bonds pro and, um, and also very much pro um, to invest clients' funds that, if, you know, even if they've, they've got a portion of government bonds exposure in, in the funds. Um, we use income funds. Uh, income funds is a unit trust fund that's a combination of money marketing and, and bonds, uh, where the fund manager would then move between those two, two asset classes. So how much would you say, I mean, is it a great case for bonds in South Africa, as you've just outlined, uh, but how much of a percentage of your portfolio would you put in bonds? Is it 5%, 20%? What would you say? Because it That's, is a conservative investment, yeah. uh, but because of the performance of the JSC Securities Exchange over the last few years, mm. then it has been an outperformer. What would you say at the moment that we should allocate to bonds or money market? I would say, you know, general rule of thumb, probably about between 20 and 30 percent for your average South African. Okay. Um, if it's if it's an older person, lower tolerance towards risk, maybe a higher weighting, so maybe more towards the 30 percent. If it's a younger person, you know, they would move closer to maybe 10 percent or so. So, um, you know, it all depends on risk profile. But if for for an older person um, and and someone with a shorter Lifespan. Term, um, yeah, for them, we can allocate more to, to government bonds. Okay, government bonds we and like. It's a, yeah. yeah, and it's a brilliant alternative to cash. Certainly so, at the moment anyway. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, it's been an yeah. incredible investment. People overseas must be looking mm. at our bond rates and saying, goodness me, we need to be in South Africa. Let's move on now to yes. unit trusts and exchange-traded 
funds. Unit trusts obviously yes. are well known to people, but there are a thousand unit trusts available in South Africa and only probably 100 to 150 stocks on the JSC Securities Exchange that mm. are liquid enough and viable enough to invest in. So it's an amazing proliferation of unit trusts that we have and also ETFs yes. as well. What is your attitude yeah. towards those two asset classes? We we use, use both those two instruments, you know, quite often in, in all our portfolios. And, you know, unit trusts is basically a pool of money um, with with different asset classes sort of like wrapped in a unit trust. Yes. Um, and it also there depends on risk profile. I mean, you get unit trusts varying from 100% equity holding to 5% equity holding. So the, the type of unit trust that you would purchase at the end of the day would also depend on your risk profile and, you know, what you are comfortable with. Um, you also get your offshore unit trust. You know, you get say local based, but the money is sitting offshore. So with the unit trust, um, you know, and, and also they're, they're, they're very accessible to, to everyone. You can invest anything from 10 rand to, you know, 100 million. Um, ETFs on the other side, that is a um, it's exchange traded fund, so that would be a, an investment instrument tracking the index. ETFs are, you know, there's no active management involved, so there's no fund manager trading instruments on a you know daily basis, um, and that 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 um, results in being a sort of like a cheaper cheaper instrument. So ETFs are um, good investment option. Also, just a portion of your money should go into ETFs. And we use ETFs to sort of like bring down the total portfolio's cost, um, if that makes sense. So in other words, you use um, that as sort yeah. of a basis. In other words, the, the index is going to do this, the ETF uh, map. Mm maps or rather matches uh, the index and, and, and away you go. And then if you want to be, yeah. um, according to your risk profile, you use other instruments in order to enhance, hopefully, your portfolio. What about investing offshore? Because this is the, this is the thing now. I mean, you're, you're, yes, you're, yeah, a couple of your colleagues I speak to quite regularly, investing offshore is, of course, the thing that um, legally as possible you do. Yeah, so that's, um, you know, that's just, that's still our preferred asset class um, and, or our, not asset class, but that's that's where we prefer to, to, to purchase the, the bulk of the equity component in a portfolio. And, you know, for us, it just makes sense from a, from a diversification perspective, most of the, of the opportunities lie in, in offshore markets um, South African market is very, very limited. And, you know, we're still very worried about the, the political situation in South Africa, and that's putting a big damper on, on our market. And, um, you know, going forward, um, you know, I, we still believe that the growth is is going to come from offshore markets. Um, yeah. Your allocation to offshore also depends on risk profile. You have to be comfortable with risk. You have to be comfortable with a, with a with a um, exchange rate, you know, going up and down constantly. So you have to be comfortable with it. But you know, we sort of like we, we like to take calculated risks, if that makes sense. Um, it does and, make sense. Yeah, yeah. And I think that Lindsay is is 
in a nutshell, the, the different asset classes that the South African investor has um, access to. And, and says here, your final paragraph says the following, a mix of these five options, which we've just described, or you have, uh, can create a well-rounded financial plan, but the choices of the funds and the weighting of each option in an overall investment portfolio needs to be chosen carefully. The best way, you say, to navigate the choices is with the guidance of an accredited, qualified advisor that can tailor it to its investors financial goals risk profile and personal circumstances and that's what you are sonia thank you very much for your time that's sonia duplessis who's the head of the stellenbosch office at brenthurst wealth it's my money was brought to you by brenthurst wealth an award-winning boutique wealth management company the views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of lindsay williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.